Well, it is a humid, soggy kind of day out there as we celebrate Pentecost. We're all dreaming of dry weather and bright sunshine and clear days that'll dry up all of the much needed moisture that we've received. That's at least what I'm dreaming of. So what do you dream of? Hmm. Crazy stuff? Weird stuff? Scary stuff? You know, in our dreams, we can be doing anything, anywhere, with anyone, strangers, people we know. All of this is kind of both laughable and odd at the same time, isn't it? These dreams that we have. Most of the time, myself, I don't even remember what I dream about. As soon as I wake up, it's gone, and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember what I dreamed about. Experts tell us that this is the mind's way of processing what's going on in life. Today, on the Feast of Pentecost, as we give thanks for and celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit, we hear about visions and dreams. In Peter's sermon on that first Pentecost, Peter quotes the prophet Joel. You heard him when he says, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And even on my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great, magnificent, terrible day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We take our cue both from Peter the Apostle and Joel the prophet, and the theme for the message today is visions and dreams. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Again and again throughout scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, God did indeed speak to his people through visions and dreams. Think of Jacob in the Old Testament, who after he had deceived his father Isaac and stolen the birthright from his twin brother Esau and the blessing as well, had to get out of Dodge. He had to run for his life. And while he was on the road, he laid down exhausted one night, a stone under his head for a pillow, and he dreamed. Do you remember what he dreamed? That great ladder stretching from earth to heaven, angels ascending and descending upon that. And when he woke up, Jacob said, surely God is in this place and I did not know it. This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. And he called the name of that place Bethel, house of God. Think of Joseph, the dreamer the youngest of all of his brothers, who dreamed that all of his brothers' sheaves of wheat did what? They bowed down to Joseph's sheaf of wheat. And the sun and the moon and the stars of heaven also bowed down to him. 
well, you can only take that for so long. And the brothers snapped. And what did they do? They sold him off into slavery in Egypt. But God had a greater plan and purpose in mind, and he had gifted Joseph to interpret dreams, which is what he did with Pharaoh, right? The dream of those seven skinny ears of corn, those seven skinny cows that came up and consumed the beautiful ones, and thus averting famine and disaster from Egypt. Hmm. Think of Isaiah and his vision of the Lord and the whole court of heaven and how seeing this he despaired because of his sin and guilt. He said, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips and I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips because I've seen the Lord of hosts and how that sin and guilt were purged away with the coal taken from the altar by the angel. We heard of Ezekiel in the Old Testament, that vision of the dry bones, and all of Ezekiel's other visions as he was among his fellow exiles from Jerusalem and far off Babylon, visions of God's glory and strength, the four living creatures, the whirring wings and burning wheels, and the river of life coming out from the temple of God. Think of the other Joseph. In the New Testament, Jesus' earthly father, his guardian, who was ready to uh, put his betrothed wife aside, right? But the angel intervened in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Think of Peter who in a vision saw a great sheet descend from heaven with every kind of animal and reptile and bird in it. And three times Peter was told, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter said, uh-uh, no way. I've never eaten anything that is unclean. And three times Peter was told, what God has called clean, you must not call unclean. And finally he got it. This was about the Gentiles coming into the church, which Jesus had established, that they too would receive the same spirit that had been bestowed upon Jewish believers. Think of Paul, missionary to the Gentiles, whose mission work was entirely redirected when in a dream at night he saw a man of Macedonia who said, come over to Macedonia and help us. Tell us, share with us the good news of Jesus. And finally, think of John, last of the 12 apostles, exiled for his faith in Jesus on the island of Patmos, whose vision of what is and what is yet to be is recorded in that final book of Scripture, Revelation. We have a God who speaks to his people through visions and dreams, who in many and various ways spoke to his people of old by the prophets, but now in these last days has spoken to us by his Son. Well, we've all got visions and dreams, don't we? 
of what we want to do in life, where we want to go, what we want to become. But you know, truthfully, our visions and dreams can sometimes deceive us. They can lead us astray. And so we must filter these through the truth of God's Word, which does not deceive or lead astray, but always points us to the crucified, risen, and ascended Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the Word made flesh. And in Him, all of God's promises find their fulfillment. And having laid down His life as the sacrifice for all of our sins, Jesus rose in triumph over hell and death and the grave itself. He's now seated at the Father's right hand where He rules over His church in grace and love and from which, as He has promised, He will come again to judge the living and the dead. As we heard Jesus' words in the Gospel lesson, He said, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on His own authority. Whatever He hears, He will speak and He will declare to you the things that are to come. It's that spirit of truth that we rejoice in always, but especially today on Pentecost. Sometimes Pentecost is called the forgotten festival of the church here. Christmas, big deal. Easter, big deal. Pentecost, people say, hmm, what's special about that again? And so I want to publicly acknowledge and say thank you to all those who have helped make the festival of Pentecost, this special celebration today, the altar care workers and those who have decorated, Susan Gobin, our director of music, and the choirs and musicians to help us rejoice in the spirit of truth. It is the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, who calls, who gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in this one true faith. Truthfully, I think Lutheran Christians are a little uncomfortable in the third article of the Apostles' Creed when it talks about the Holy Spirit. Our comfort zone, home base for us, is second article, the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yep, we like that. We get the first article, too, the person and work of God the Father, all he's brought into creation. But we get into the third article, Ah, visions, dreams, tongues of fire, speaking in tongues. Eeh, what do we do with that? Sounds kind of wild for a bunch of Lutherans. But let us never forget what the role of the Holy Spirit is, as Jesus tells us in that opening verse of today's Gospel lesson. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will bear witness about me. That word helper, in its original sense, meant somebody who comes alongside you, who stands next to you, who speaks in your behalf, who represents you. Literally, your defense attorney your counselor, your advocate. 
And that is a comforting image to have, that that is the role of the Spirit who speaks in our behalf with sighs too deep for words, who intercedes for us, who proceeds from the Father. And Jesus says, and you also will bear witness. Hmm. Well, the Spirit called those first disciples to bear witness. That's what Pentecost is all about. But the Spirit calls people of every generation to bear witness. And a witness is only someone who has told, who tells others what he or she has seen and heard. That's our calling. We may not all be evangelists. We may not like to go out and knock on people's doors and talk about Jesus. We may not be equipped or gifted to do that, but because of our baptism into Jesus' death and resurrection, we are all of us witnesses to Jesus, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. That's our calling in Christ. Now, you may be wondering, what is up with the little red sticky note in your worship bulletin? Looks like an office goof up, right? Uh, uh, somebody forgot about these and left them all sticking there in the worship bulletin. No, but here's the deal. Your help is needed to discern what God's vision and dream is for this, our congregation. In response to all that God in Christ has done for us, trusting in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit who leads us to Jesus and his redeeming love, here's what I want you to do. Record in a few words or a sentence on this sticky note what you believe the Holy Spirit is calling our congregation to do not just here inside these four walls, although it is that also, but what is the Spirit prompting us to do out there in the community and in the world at large? After the service is over, take your sticky note and place it on the display board just outside the sanctuary doors. There are some already out there from last evening. Now. This is not about jotting down gripes and complaints. It is not that. It's not a survey or a vote. This is a sharing of what the Holy Spirit is doing and is poised to do among us, the body of Christ at St. John's Lutheran Church and our ministry team, SJLC 2080, will collect all of these, compile them in some form or fashion that with the Spirit's help will then move us forward in mission and ministry. So we'll pray together, and then you'll have a few moments to write down on that red sticky note your spirit-given vision or dream, and after we've had a little time to do this, we will join in singing the hymn of the day, printed in your bulletin, O day full of grace. And now, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come.
Fill the hearts of your faithful people with the fire of your love. Direct us always to the redeeming love of Jesus. Help us to bear witness to him with our lips and with our lives. Help us see where you are at work in the world around us, that we may join Jesus on his mission. Show us what it is you would have us do and how best to do this for the sake of your kingdom. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.